0: No, it's funny that you say that, that when you say my words don't matter because your work speaks for itself. It's funny because typically I'll tell people that, um, you know, we get criticized about everything constantly. And a lot of people take that really personally and really hard and you cannot not take that personally until you can also be indifferent to the compliments. It's like, do you know you do a good job or not? If you do, then why do you need somebody else telling you? Exactly. Right. So, And if you don't, then you probably need somebody else telling you to affirm what you're not already sure of.
1: Right. Yeah. So it's interesting. So they, well, there's like two dynamics. Well, you know what, let's not get into that. Cause yeah. we, I, I already think we could talk way too long. So we yeah. have to be very careful, very yeah. careful. So what we're gonna do is I'm gonna just ask you to introduce yourself. Okay. Um, tell us a little bit about where you're from and what brought you uh, where you're from. We'll start there. Okay. Maybe like any education or anything you want to talk about. but So, I'll let you okay. take it away.
0: Uh My name's Charles Kaler, owner of Woodchuck Custom Creations, and I'm from Anderson, South Carolina. I just started full-time in woodwork about eight months ago, so it's still relatively new. And it's been fun. It's been a hobby of mine for about, I'd say, six or seven years.
1: Cool. Um, What got you into woodworking? So,
0: This is kind of a weird story. I guess. not that weird, but. So my old job that I just quit like eight months ago before I did woodwork full time was I worked in the nuclear industry. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but it's seasonal work. Typically we only work like seven months out of the year-ish because nuclear plants go down in the spring and the fall when energy needs are the highest. So I had a lot of downtime in the summer and the winter. So one summer, I was hanging out with a friend, just like, pretty much passing time. My only hobby at the time was, like, working out. And so I can't remember what prompted it, but he had a few woodworking tools, and I was helping him kind of put together a table, and we were like, hey, let's make a cutting board. Like, that's something that we could make that's usable and seems easy enough. So we made a couple of cutting boards, and they were kind of cool. When I posted pictures about them on Instagram, and people were like people were loving it and i really enjoyed making it and then my immediately my immediate thought was you know we could probably make some more of these and make a little bit of side money and i enjoy making them Mm -hmm. so like win-win for me it's a good hobby well he had all the tools but he also had a baby on the way and a wife so he didn't have a ton of time so i just said okay well you know, for X amount of dollars, I can get the basic tools that I need to make make a few things and I'll be in the game, so that's what I did. And I just started making, I started out making cutting boards just because, again, like I like making them and I could sell, it really wasn't for the money, the money was to pay for the tools so that I could continue to make them, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. So that's kind of how it started out. And then just to make a long story short, I mean, it just grew into after I made, well, let me let me backtrack for a second. Once I was in it for about four or five months, I realized that if I created some type of brand or name, I would be able to sell way more cutting boards. And I saw so I'd be able to buy more tools. So I created the brand Woodchuck Custom Creations. It was just kind of like a funny name, the first thing I thought of. And then over time, I started challenging myself with like, okay, well, I can build a cutting board can I build a table? Can I build a chair? Can I build a desk? Like what else can I build? So I was, just, was constantly on YouTube, constantly on these woodworking forums. And funny thing about YouTube is a lot of the stuff you, you watch on there is wrong, but it has a lot of views and a lot of people trust it, but there's much better ways to build it. But you don't know until you do it yourself. So I pretty much at a certain point, I just kind of started, I got to watch a couple of videos and kind of get a feel for how other people were building stuff and then I'd do it my own way. Yeah. And I made a lot of mistakes along the way, obviously, trial and error. But then I was able to find what way works best for me with woodworking.
1: So you started with cutting boards. Mm-hmm. What was the next Do you remember like the next evolution of things The thing first you wanted next to thing try? I built yeah, let me actually ask a different question. What was the thing you tried to build and instantly realized you were way out of your league trying to build it?
0: <laughs> I was trying to build a nightstand one time. Um, that's funny you asked that, because I tried to build a nightstand for, one of my friends asked me if I could help him build it for him for like a Father's Day present or something you know, we were just gonna fool around in the shop with it. And I was like, yeah, we can build this. And I like had this big design with like mortise and tenon joints everywhere. And like all this traditional style woodworking joinery. We started building it and I was just like, man, this ain't, I'm not, I'm not there yet. Which is funny. I haven't thought about that project in a long time,
1: but that, uh, (laughs) that humbled me. So your friend who got you into woodworking, does he still do woodworking? No. No. no wife yeah. and kid came along and woodworking. And yeah, that just went out the door pretty right. much. That makes sense. Yeah. Happens.
0: And a lot of guys, I mean, kind of get into it a little bit. And they built like a farmhouse table here or there. And, you know, they got a chop saw and like a entry-level table saw, which there's nothing wrong with that, but it'll get the job done for... Like the farmhouse style DIY stuff. But I just wanted to make really nice stuff. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Once I made like a few really nice cutting boards, I was like, if I could build furniture to this caliber, then that's where I would want to be. And then, that's where I am now.
1: Eight months later. Yeah, seven, well, six, seven, yeah, seven, six, seven years later. Well, seven years later. Seven years later, and eight months of it full time. Yeah full-bore yeah what was the thing that made you switch oh man um, a couple
0: things so like I would travel for my old job and so i would be gone for like three or four months at a time and then I'd be home for three or three or four months at a time and then i would always start a drum up business around like the three or four month point when people started realizing that I was building things again and then I'd have to leave and go back and do this. And then at the time I worked out of my old house, out of the garage forever. And I didn't have enough space there, obviously. And then I was just like, I'm gonna put a plan in motion to save up some money, get the shop that I need, go full time, like take a crack at it, you know, see what happens once I get past the four month And if I continue to gain business and continue to get orders. And so, like, I kind of put that plan into effect like two years ago. Cool. And I started so, working towards that. And I hated my other job.
1: That's a good motivator. Hating, hating the old job makes it yeah makes I was good
0: sense. Traveling, and I just wasn't a fan of traveling for work. For a while, I was. Well, mm-hmm. then once I got into like my later twenties, I was just ready to ready to be home. Yeah. Be done with it. Yeah.
1: What has been one of the things? that you were expecting to be a positive change moving from you know traveling all the time to being like more in your shop now what is a positive change or well what you were hoping would be a positive change but then but maybe it? hasn't been as positive as you may have thought one thing that i wasn't
0: i didn't i didn't see coming really was Trying to separate my work life and home life has been difficult for me. Because it's like, okay, I wake up at five o'clock in the morning, there's no reason not to go to the shop. There's nobody there that I'm waiting on, I'll just go work. And it's like, okay, well it's eight o'clock at night, the sun's still up, I'll just keep working. And so like, I was logging, which any business owner, new business owner, is gonna log long days, but just like after a few weeks, of like 12, 14 hour days, I was like, okay, I've got to separate. I've got to have like a at least a clock out time based on, I like the fact that like if I get up early and I feel like getting up, I just go to work. Mm-hmm. That's what's that's what I love. But I also have a set time to where like, I'm gonna work for four hours and then I'm gonna go eat lunch. And then I'm gonna work for four more hours and then I'm gonna go to the gym or I'm gonna go home or something else. But like, So I to make time slots for myself or else I'll just get carried away.
1: Yeah. Got it. When, when you first started woodworking did you have any sort of idea where like you thought this was the style you wanted to go for like style yeah as far as like like, what i'm building what you were building Uh, i mean you said you started with cutting boards so i know cutting boards are there there is a variety of cutting boards you can go with but my style's
0: always been pretty much the same yeah i just i don't like the like super duper rustic stuff. Um, I like stuff that looks clean. It looks. I like stuff that looks like it was professionally made. That's kind of always been my thing. And people, a lot of people have reached out to me and wanted me to make stuff like, they'll say, yeah, we love your work. It's really clean. It looks nice. Could you make something that looks more farmhouse and more rustic? And I'll just say, well, if you want something that looks like you made it in your garage, then just go make it in your garage because like I'm not making that and putting my name on it because that's not, that's not what I'm passionate about. It won't be made well, it's just, it becomes a problem. Hmm. So I've turned down a lot of work because it's not something I want to do. I don't ever want to get in that space of, I have to do X, Y, Z.
1: Right. So you mentioned you. I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, but you have an engineering degree. No, no. You worked in a nuclear. Yeah. Industry doing.
0: Um, reactor services. So I worked on a nuclear reactor, but you don't need an engineering degree for that.
2: Oh.
0: I know. Surprising. Um, most of the time, you just need to have a family member that works in the industry. Got it. That wasn't my case. I worked in the construction industry through crane and rigging. And I was working at a nuclear plant, building a tower. And then the company that works on reactor services offered me a job. And I was ready for a change at that time too, so I accepted the job. Got it. See where it took me. And? I was like 23. Okay.
1: Right. Okay. When when you started working in woodworking as a as a kid, did you have any experience with it? No, no, not really. No, just six, knew, seven years ago.
0: I knew how to use a drill and a saw. That was it. Yeah, but yeah. I so mean, your background
1: like, is more in like construction and yeah, industrial construction. Industrial construction. Yeah, not home building. Not home building. I would learn.
0: I would like to learn how to build homes, but I just don't have the time for that right now. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a fun thing to do, I feel like. But yeah, mostly uh, crane and rigging specific. So like, just pretty much picking up stuff, figuring out how it needs to be lifted. Right. What you need to pick it up with so that nobody gets hurt. Gets hurt,
1: right. And nothing breaks, nothing and gets nothing destroyed. And nothing breaks, yeah.
0: yeah. And that's what I did in the nuclear industry. So I would was, I was lead uh, reactor disassembly and reassembly, okay. which is mostly just picking up heavy stuff picking with a crane inside of the nuclear yeah. facility. Okay. So that was kind of like, anything crane related was like my bread and butter for the whole construction
1: career. Got it. That's very interesting.
0: So, pretty different from woodworking, but not all that
1: much because both of them have A lot of math involved that's where that's one that's kind of what I was going to ask next was in your head when you're looking at like woodworking you're not looking at it as like I mean you you do very artful work but you're not necessarily looking at it in terms of like aesthetic initially do you do you look at it maybe like in like, mathematical equations? Um,
0: initially, I will start with a design in my head that I like, and then I'll draw it. And if I can draw it, then I'm like, is this something that I can build? And then I just kind of go from there. I do kind of start with aesthetic. Got it. And I'm like, okay, this is cool looking, but would it be, would it be functional? Would it be stable? And sometimes the answer is no. Um, but... I think both industries, just to circle back, or just have a lot of spatial reasoning because you kind of have to look at the everything as a whole and be able to like pick it apart into different pieces in your head and then put it all back together. If that makes right. sense. Now I have a uh, CAD, a CAD drawing app for my
1: iPad, and that makes it much easier for me to design furniture. So you can you can go from in your head to on a 3D design fairly quicker.
0: Yeah, usually like 15, 20 minutes. I'm getting, I'm getting okay at it. It's very crude design. It's like, if I showed you the design, you probably wouldn't be able to see it, but with the picture in my head, plus the design, it's all I need to get started. It's just like, I do it just enough for me to get started on the project. Right, yeah.
1: right. You're, you're taking care of some of those initial problems. Yeah, exactly, yeah. That you had in your head that you, you might figure out a little bit easier if you were able to turn for it well
0: the funny thing is that like I think we everybody does this like even socially is we don't recognize problems until we put them on paper right you're like oh I can build this let me draw it and then I start drawing it and I'm like oh here's a problem how do I solve this problem I didn't notice it My my mind just kind of like glazed over it because it doesn't like that conflict right so drawing it helps me see the problem and then solve it.
1: Got it. When you first started woodworking what and selling your work, what was one of the first avenues you kind of tried to go like did you do Etsy? Did you go to art shows where you had a booth? Um I've done like three or four art shows. Knock on
0: doors? No, No, never knocked on doors. I've done like three or four art shows. And um they've been okay. I made a few bucks here and there. Mostly Instagram and Facebook. And that's pretty much the only marketing I've ever done. And just word of mouth. And putting my logo on stuff and then other people see it and it's just it's been good
1: for me yeah now are a lot of your do you I'm guessing a lot of your customers are here focused here in the upstate correct yeah or do you ship I ship I mean you ship everywhere probably yeah the majority of your customers yeah the
0: majority are here because I haven't shipped any big pieces yet but I could um, I've got a I've had a few people asking about that and I would be excited to build some big pieces and have it but nobody's taken me up on that offer yet. Mm-hmm. There's good woodworkers everywhere. Yeah. So it would be hard to sell like my product to somebody in California if they're bu- if they're buying like an eight foot table.
1: Right, because they like. Well, they would do that because they liked you exactly, rather than yeah in proximity. Mm-hmm. So there there is a difference to that. So. Yeah. What but, are some of the things that you have been surprised with by your community? in this new like phase of your woodworking
0: um as far as just like business goes or? well
1: business business in general yeah but like so like when covid hit a lot of businesses found whether or not they had a community well i was out of town for that Oh good. Yeah, so I was So a- you didn't have to worry about that. Yeah. But I
0: was in Washington state. That was a lot of fun there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a, a perfect place to be when yeah. everyone's supposed to be inside. Yeah. Um mm, So like have you noticed some things that your community does really well for you? Like coming alongside you in a specific way?
0: not really no Mm -hmm. nothing nothing crazy yet you know the best thing that people can do and and some people have been really good about it is just if they buy a piece from me just promoting it on social media Mm -hmm. because then that's just the best way to get more eyes on it yeah you know and i appreciate it when people do that i don't ask them to but it's awesome when they do
1: yeah what's been one of your favorite pieces that you have seen out there not your post but a piece that someone else has posted somebody else made yeah or somebody else posted and showed your work off. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. What's Um, been your favorite one that someone has showed off? One that I made that somebody else showed off. Yeah. Um, Because you know they're getting all the praise for it, even though they didn't, they just did that.
0: I made this sweet um, white oak dining table a few years back, and It was just awesome, man. It was a six-foot diameter circle. It was like two and a half inches thick, solid top. And uh, it was just like a big, beefy. It was almost like a farmhouse feel with as big and beefy as it was, but it was modern looking with how I designed it, if that makes sense. Yeah. It weighed like 500 pounds, and uh, they, they still post it and talk about it. It was a sweet table. I saw it last week, actually, because they bought something else, and I went to their house to deliver it, and it's still there.
1: Cool.
0: I hadn't moved an inch because it's too heavy. I was about to
1: say, it's 500 pounds. Yeah. Most people don't have um, crane and rigging to move that sort yeah, of thing yeah, yeah, all right. around their home. Um, <clears throat> with your pieces, is that is that your biggest piece that you've ever made, or do you hmm. have?
0: Weight-wise, yeah. Yeah, probably weight-wise, that's the biggest one. I had a desk last week, or a few weeks ago, that was eight foot long. That's another one. My friend bought it for me, and he posted it. Um, That was a cool one because he has a uh, film and media company, Mm -hmm. and he does all the work from this custom desk that I made. And so we put like outlets in it and ran cables under it, and there's like computer screens up on the wall behind it, and uh, it just looks really cool. It's one of those epoxy rivers. Have you ever seen one of those? Yep.
1: So, that was a cool one. When you do those sort of epoxy rivers, what what is something that you wish your customers knew about those? Uh, I wish they didn't know they existed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I hate making those things. Okay. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. No, that was all right. That one,
1: um... Because so, that's really dense material, right? The epoxy, yeah. yeah. I
0: mean, it's just... It can be a pain in the butt, man. And it's become, like... Everybody's doing it. They sell it in, like, big box stores now. And, yeah, they sell, like... That, they, like, mass sell the tables, the epoxy river tables now. Uh, so, it's just hard to stand out with that. Mm-hmm. Um... It's become a thing. I, I think the phrase is jump the shark. Yeah. So and then epoxy, I really don't love messing with it just because it's real messy. Mm-hmm. Even if you do everything right, you get it on your hands and like you gotta close down your whole shop and make sure there's no dust. And it just takes a bunch of space.
1: Got it. But if
0: I was gonna pick one thing that I wish people knew about it was how freaking expensive it was.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But it's just clear material like how how expensive could it be it's like a hundred bucks a gallon for good epoxy Mm
0: -hmm. so like if you're making a river this like 10 12 inches wide eight foot long you're gonna have to use like eight or nine gallons how how heavy is that it's probably similar to the weight of wood okay so it has similar Yeah, density, I guess. Yeah, Which wood varies like crazy, but I think the Mm -hmm. average wood would be like eight pounds-ish, maybe seven pounds per board foot. So a board foot is just a 12 by 12 square, one inch thick. That's how you measure a wood. So I think epoxy would be a similar weight.
1: Similar weight than that, okay. When you start a project for, do you start as customer-driven or do you start imagine-driven?
0: It's a mixture. Okay. I got like 10 designs in my head that I want to make. Mm -hmm. And like, if you come up to me and you're like, I want a dining room table and I got five dining room table designs in my head, I'm probably gonna sell you one of them. Mm -hmm. Just because like, it's something I want to make. And so typically like, if you're like, I want a dining room table, I'll say, tell me a little bit about what you want. Send me a few pictures of ones that you like and send me a picture of your dining room and the space Mm -hmm. around it. And then I will kind of customize it. If one of my designs, if none of my designs works at all, then I won't suggest it. But typically, it, it'll be fine. Um, and then I'll suggest wood types, uh, sizes, colors. You know, bases can be a wooden base, a steel base with a more industrial look, or you know, just to match what the person's already got going on in their home, or if it's a conference room or their office space.
1: Where do most of your where does most of your inspiration come from for Um,
0: I think a lot of times I'll just like I'll see like if I just have a new design I want to make I'll see another design that somebody else made and I'll just think like that's cool but what if XYZ Mm -hmm. like what if you change this this and this and that could look so much cooler
1: so you're starting from, you're already exposing yourself to a lot of different yeah. styles and products and you're critiquing them through your own.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I'd say critiquing them, but just like, I like it the way, I like the direction this piece is going, mm-hmm. but I wanna just change the direction a little bit. And then that becomes like, oh, I would really like to make that.
2: Okay. Or
0: sometimes I'll make a piece just make it out of the blue and then think, oh, I could change this and add this and take away that, and it would look this much better. But with the CAD design software, that doesn't happen as much because I can see a 3D model of it.
1: Mm-hmm. And you have an, a well enough approximation of what it should be in your head that you don't have to get it. Yeah, pretty much. Hyper-realistic in the CAD. Oh, no, 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 yeah, no.
0: Once I get it, yeah. Once I get pretty close in the cab, yeah, I can I can see it.
1: So you have a dog that is in your shop. Mm-hmm. Your dog's name is? Huckleberry. Huckleberry. I got two dogs right now You got in the two shop. dogs now. Well, I have one dog, and I
0: foster dogs okay. as well. So I have another dog that I'm fostering currently. Her name's Layla. She just I just got her yesterday.
1: They both hang out in the shop. They both hang out in the shop. How many, I'm guessing you've had dogs for a while, yeah? Yeah, or, I grew up with dogs. Okay. With dogs in a wood shop, what is the one thing you got to watch out for, like? Them getting in your way. Yeah. If you're
0: like carrying something or you're cutting something, you know, you don't want to step back and like step into them and then like shift your focus and then you cut yourself. Mm-hmm. So how do, you, how do you keep yourself from that? I just make sure they're out of my way. That's, with, the, with the foster dogs, it's harder. Cause yeah. I like have to like train them to like not hover around me right. while I'm working. You know what I mean? Because yeah. they want the love their foster dogs. But my dog knows, he kinda just like, he stays at like 10 or 20 feet away from me at all the time. He just wants me to throw the ball. Got it. So he'll come up to me, throw a ball like five feet from me, and then he'll just stand like 20 foot back and watch.
1: Mm-hmm. and just wait for me to throw it. Toss it. Now, do you have any Huckleberry pieces? Um, Huckleberry-inspired pieces? No, not really. Heat-on pieces? I thought about building, like, a dog bowl holder, but mm-hmm. I just haven't, haven't gotten got around yet. to it Yeah, There's a yeah. lot of
0: things that I want to build when I catch up on all my projects. Right. But I haven't got there yet. So... Been super busy. I also started remodeling my kitchen, so like uh, kitchen island moved to the top of the list of like things for me that I want to build.
1: When you build for yourself, what are some things that you are looking for for like aesthetic purposes?
0: When I build for myself, it's functionality
1: over everything. Okay, and. So you're, I, thinking, you're thinking not like, not how am I just opening this drawer one time and putting it back. Like you're thinking of a whole range of ideas that yeah. may be happening around what you're gonna be doing yeah. with that specific piece. Yes, like exactly. yeah. my
0: kitchen island, for example, is like, I have a cutout for paper towels and then directly under it, I have cutout slots for cutting boards and they're both like open concept. And then to the left of that, I have a pull pullout trash can and so the idea, is there, the idea there is that like, if I'm standing in one spot, I can reach down, grab a cutting board, grab a paper towel, and then scrape stuff off into the trash can without moving. Mm-hmm. And like, s- some people might look at it and say like, that doesn't look like exactly what it should be, but I th- I'm still gonna make it look good. Right. But if I'm building something for myself, I don't know why this is. It'll be functional, it'll be strong but I'll go like 70, 80% effort. And I'll want to get it done quickly. If I'm building something for you or for somebody else, it's gonna be done perfect. And if it's not perfect, I'll replace it. Um, I guess just because if it's for me, I could always just build another one yeah. and I'd rather just get it done.
1: Yeah. But. So when you build it for yourself, it's more a, you can make another one, but when it's for someone that you want them to enjoy that, you want them to enjoy that without having to worry about
0: the small stuff. Yeah, no, er, They're not
1: gonna get a cut on it because it's not well-rounded or smoothed off or well-finished.
0: Yeah, and it's even like the the unseen things that probably people will never notice. Like, they all need to be perfect. If it's going out of my shop and has my name on it, then yeah it's gonna be done well. Got it. Which that's not to say like the stuff in my house is still done well, but like I might not sand the bottom of a table all the way up to the top grit that I'm that I would typically for like a table that I'm selling. If it's going in my house, I'm like, right. I don't give a crap. Yeah. Like I'm never gonna look at the look at the bottom of the table. Mm-hmm. And you probably wouldn't either but You
1: don't want to take that chance. Yeah. Got it. What has been one of your favorite projects to work on for woodworking? My favorite project ever.
0: Um, I actually kept this project. It was a high top breakfast table with two matching stools. I'll show you. I'll show you a picture of it if you want to see it.
1: Yep.
0: Man, I loved, absolutely loved making this thing because this was just one of my. One of the designs that just like I dreamed up, and I thought it would be cool. And it took me a while to have, like solve the problem of the table table base, but so that is it pretty much. All right, right? Can there. you
1: describe that for us? What what you got going on here? You've got a
0: yeah. So it's like a single. I'm not sure what the wood type is. I think it's like hickory or something. Cookie up top is the tabletop. It's like 36 inches wide, but and it's up,
1: not. S- perfectly circular it, no, yeah. it's like a cross section.
0: Yeah, it's a lie that's yeah, so that's what we call a cookie. Okay. Yeah, so it's like if you were to just cut the trunk of a tree and mm-hmm. a slice like three inch slice, yeah. Okay. And then the legs are four semicircles that are two inches by two inches, but they're curved together to come into one two inch by two inch piece in the middle and then come back out at the top. So the problem was how do I make them fit all together in the middle? Mm-hmm. And that was kind of fun to to pick that apart to, because you gotta cut you know, 75% of the material at the apex of the curve at the same spot on each leg. Mm-hmm. And so like- To get just, it right. Yeah, to get it right. They
1: all have to be cut the same.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So. so not only did you have to be precise on yeah. that in your measurements and in how you were doing, but you had to be very Secure in your executing of yeah. cutting that down, getting it to exactly where it needed mm-hmm. to be. Because if you're off by, a, you know,
0: yeah, if you're off by like a quarter inch or something, any more than any less than that, you'd probably be okay with those cuts. But they were pretty much perfect. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we make so we make jigs in woodworking for like anytime we do precise cuts like that. Mm-hmm. I'll make like a plywood jig to where like. I can get something exactly where I want it and it won't move. And then mm-hmm. I'll run it across my table, saw. So. And then I made the stools too, and those were fun. I carved the butts out with like a power carver, and I just sat in it, and just sat in it, carved a little more, sat in it, carved a little more until it felt good.
1: Still got there, cool.
0: But yeah, it was a fun project.
1: How long would something like that take you, typically? I can get it done in a week. Okay. okay. So, from concepting to any sort of jig work you have to prep Mm -hmm. to finishing something like a table and chairs or a project like that size might take you about a week
0: yeah if I could dedicate all my focus to it I could get yeah maybe a week maybe 10 days because sometimes the finishing process takes a few extra days
1: so how many projects are you currently working on (laughs) I
0: usually do like three or four at a time okay just because you can only work like a lot of times you can only get so much done on a project and you have to wait for glue to dry right
1: so you have to you have to stagger your workload across multiple projects
0: yeah so like for a cutting board you know i'm not really making cutting boards anymore but like let's say if i was making a cutting board you can only work on it for like 45 minutes before you got to glue it up and then you got to wait to the next day so I mean, you could do like 10 cutting boards at a time if you had enough clamps, and then the problem becomes having enough clamps.
1: We're gonna wait for the train. Okay. Hey, there's a training in Greer. I didn't know if you knew that. Do you come to Greer very often? Not much. I came here um,
0: a few months ago to a bicycle shop down here, actually. Yep, benchmark. Yeah, yeah benchmark. Yep. He worked on my bike, my tri-bike.
2: Nice.
1: What is one of the projects that you are looking forward to doing? Like you've got these ideas in your head, Mm -hmm. you're just waiting for the right customer to come along to execute that idea,
0: right? Well, yeah. So I'm currently, I got a really. So let's
1: speak this into the reality. Yeah.
0: Okay. I actually have a cool idea for a um, like a really industrial style conference table that I want to do just. Mostly with tables, you're just doing an idea for the base, right? Because the tabletop is a tabletop. So it's like how crazy can you make the base without getting too crazy and weird but still being functional. And somebody hit me up last week and wanted to do a big conference table. So I would love for them to get this one. So we'll see if see if they do it. That'll be awesome. Yeah. It's a big heavy-duty steel base. And for it to make sense, it would have to be bolted to the floor, which would be awesome. So for a conference table, that's really not a big deal because you're not gonna move it,
1: mm-hmm. but. Who are some of the people that you look f- up to in the woodworking community? In the woodworking community? Yeah.
0: Locally, or? Locally,
1: nationally, internationally, yeah. like who who do you Who do you follow?
0: Yeah. There's a few guys on Instagram that I follow um, that make some really nice stuff and just have like, like there's a dude, I don't know his actual name, but his his name is on Instagram is Bourbon Moth. He has some really good instructional videos and he's pretty funny. he makes really nice stuff. Um, Around here locally, David Marshall, he recently did all the renovations at Ndako and Oku in Greenville. He makes some really nice stuff, so. I will like pick his brain from time to time if I'm like if I have like a concept issue and he's super cool, super Mm -hmm. friendly guy. Usually in the woodworking community everybody's been really nice. Um, I feel like in any industry or community I feel like most people are your friends unless they feel threatened by you as competition and then they won't be your friends. Mm so then like you always have that and that's just like whatever to me it's like there's blood in the water I'm kind of like well you should be threatened by me then yeah you know
1: (laughs) yeah if if that's how you're feeling (laughs) yeah maybe you have some maybe you have some reason to feel threatened
0: yeah yeah so let's yeah you do your best work work and I'll do mine and like we could be friends and that'll be it yeah but yeah um and then there's another guy I follow out of Canada. I don't know his real name either, but his tag is Ironhide Woodworks, and he makes some really badass stuff. He does a lot of metal work incorporated with his woodwork, and uh, he does some good stuff.
1: Now we talked a little bit earlier about like your com- your community, like you know that you have built around yourself, but have you? had to reach out to the woodworking community like here in the upstate for help. So I work- I mean, you mentioned you pick his, David Marshall's yeah. brain a little bit, but yeah. like actual yeah. He's like- helpful. Hey, we need to, I need some help on this. Or... Me? So there's a, there's a um,
0: company called The Slab House in Anderson mm-hmm. and I collaborate with them sometimes on some stuff and they're super awesome. It's Chase and Tarna, they run it together. And they do good work. And so sometimes like their stuff is like more big scale and my stuff is like a little bit smaller and more intricate. So like if they have something that like requires a little more finesse, they might reach out to me. And if, you know, opposite, if I need some like massive slab or something flattened at their shop, they have a huge CNC, then I'll reach out to them. They just Yeah. Okay. And I'll just say, I'll, I'll just like let them do it. Yeah. And vice versa.
1: Nice. That's really interesting how the community kind of, you're all, you know, working towards the yeah. same thing, you know? Yeah. So that's, that's great to hear that you have a community of woodworkers that are ready to help and be, and even ask for help themselves.
0: Yeah, yeah. We all try to work together, I feel like. I think there's enough work for everybody, man. I've always felt like, in any in industry, I don't think it's a zero-sum game, so. Mm-hmm. But we all have our own niches.
1: Yeah, and that's and that's where you get to shine as mm-hmm. Woodchuck. Yeah. You get to do exactly what your brand is all about. Yeah, for sure. Um, with social media, a lot you you've mentioned a couple times that you use a lot of social media, and that's where you do a lot of your selling, mm-hmm. a lot of your marketing. What is your audience breakdown? I don't even know. You don't even know. You no. just put it out there and it gets yeah. sold. Okay. Yeah. So. I
0: don't know how to look at all that stuff.
1: Good. That's probably <laughs> better.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just. Sometimes I'll feel like making a funny video and I'll make a funny video and sometimes I'll just put out products and I try to post Monday through Friday because. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thanks.
0: But yeah, try to post- your adoring fans. Yeah, I'll try to post Monday through Friday, um, just because it was like the social media algorithms. Man, they want you to post constantly. Mm-hmm. The more you post, the more stuff your stuff gets shown, yeah. and sometimes
1: it can be cumbersome, but it's not that big of a deal. How do you keep yourself separate from that? Like mentally, like I'm get. I mean, you don't look at analytics, which is great. Do you read the comments? Um, a little bit. Oh, Usually, man. if somebody like has something
0: snarky to say in the comments, like I'll just reply with something sarcastic. I literally could not care less what people say to me. Yeah. So like, I'll just reply with something <laughs> sarcastic, or I'll screenshot it and put it on my story and like make fun of them. Yeah. And. Um, it's probably that's not really the, the best only thing, like PR thing, but yeah, it's like
1: that's the only thing you can do because it's like you either ignore it Or you yeah. address it.
0: Yeah, it's like it's the internet. So like if you're gonna make fun of me I'm gonna make fun
1: of you. Yeah, so <laughs> Weirdly enough not everything on the internet is true. Yeah, I don't know if people know. This. Yeah I, I've been I've been telling people this I don't know since about 98 but for whatever reason it still yeah. haven't caught on Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> but yeah, I don't get um, I've had a couple posts that have like hundreds of comments and at that point I just stopped reading them right but typically I don't get more than like three or four so that's manageable if somebody says something smart out thank yeah, you I'm for listening to this episode I hope
1: cool. you enjoyed this conversation with Charles uh. there's much more to come from the rest of this interview with Charles if you'd like to see his work links to his Instagram and his website are in the show notes please remember to subscribe and share negative space with someone who might be interested I hope you all keep up being great neighbors.